Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. We are uh, down one co-host this week, but the show must go on. My name is Graham Rogers, joined this week by Taylor Story. Talking about Taylor's Dynasty Rankings. Taylor, you ready? You ready for all the questions, all the debate? Oh, I'm ready. Just me today, so fine solo defending myself. Hey, at least it's only me coming after you and uh and not Chris or I guess nobody's really here to back you up if one of us right. disagrees. Stick to All stick right. to redraft, Chris. <laughs> I'll take best ball, so I might be uh I might be out of my depths here. But That's let's right. uh get into some recent NFL news first. Biggest storyline, Taylor, I think this week, DeAndre Hopkins cut by the Cardinals, now a free agent, free to sign anywhere. Uh, a lot of speculation going on about the best places for him to land, the teams that actually have the cap room to pay him. Uh, where do we think he is going to land? And also, let's briefly touch on, you know, if Kyler Murray does come back to play this year, a substantial part of the year, what does this look like for the pass catchers in Arizona? Well, I had a feeling that he was going to be cut once he didn't get traded a couple months ago when they said they would trade him or either before the draft or during the draft because that just tells me that nobody wanted to take him on via trade. They want to sign him to a different contract. So, I mean, it happens all the time. Um, but I think the Cowboys are actually the new favorite odds to sign him, which is kind of surprising. Uh, it's surprising and it isn't surprising at the same time. Um, you just always think some teams like that, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, they're always in the running to sign some of these big names. And I feel like it's rarely worked out that way, but as far as the Cardinals go, I think Marquise Brown actually took him a few times in some uh, starter drafts this offseason. I felt a little weary about it. And now that he's the only one there, basically, it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but even then, it's still scary with Kyler Murray not being back. And who knows if he's going to come back this year. I mean, I could definitely see a path where they shut him down for the season if they are I mean they could easily go like 0 for 6 or something like that when he's supposed to come back or when he probably could come back and they just say no you know what we'll save him for next year or whatever they might do with him so I I don't know um I think for it's good for Hopkins to come off the Cardinals um he really can't I, I just don't think he can get better than what he did at the end of last season and if he goes to one of these places that has even a better quarterback, especially throwing the ball, um, whether it be like volume with Dak or Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I don't think I'd like if he went to the Patriots, even though people keep saying it. Uh, but I think his value could could really skyrocket more so in redraft leagues. But we're talking dynasty today, so I don't think it's going to change too much for me personally. And in short term value, it could it could get a lot higher than what it what it was. Yeah, it's it's interesting with. Hopkins of like we all thought getting out of Arizona may be the best case scenario this year but if you're putting him in let's say Dallas or you know other places like I know Buffalo Buffalo was Buffalo, Buffalo yeah. Kansas City don't right now they don't have the cap room for what Hopkins would no. want obviously that can change with you know working around contracts but it's interesting because if you go to one of those places it's like there's another alpha and I think personally he was the guy in Arizona I know Hollywood was there but he's not your prototypical alpha wide receiver um so it'd be interesting if that happened obviously if he went to kansas city i think everybody's going to just absolutely push his value sky high he, um, he'll be drafted in the top 10 redraft yeah top five yeah. probably if he's on kansas city let's be honest yeah yeah um and even then it's like i you know 
he's kind of like 1A, 1B with Kelsey at the um, but right. yeah, then, then talking about Arizona, you know, obviously Hollywood Brown gets a push up the board. We'll see what happens of when Ky- Kyler comes back. And then the other guys in that offense, as far as you know, Rondell Moore, who we will get to later in the wide receiver rankings, uh, along with, you know, the tight ends, if Ertz is healthy and ready to play, or, you know, the rookie from last year, Trey McBride, you know, we'll, we'll see how all of that shakes out. But Speaking of quarterbacks and quarterbacks with injuries, uh, kind of come out a little bit more recently about Jimmy G's foot surgery and some of the issues there. And potentially, if he does not pass a physical, they could pretty much just void his contract. So, what do you think about this news? What does this do to everybody in Las Vegas? And do we think this is actually going to happen? Because when you look at who else could come in and play quarterback in Las Vegas, I, the options look pretty slim. Yeah, I think it's surprising in a sense of it was his shoulder that was the original injury and he failed the physical because of his foot. Um, so it was a little surprising to me. I think he was a good guy to scoop up late or even trade for this offseason to have like a third quarterback in Dynasty Leagues for pretty cheap. Uh, so it's just it's just concerning all around. I mean, even for like guys like Josh Jacobs, uh, the rookie tight end they just got, Mayer, obviously Devontae Adams. Um, I, I don't I think Devontae Adams was already a little upset when they got Jimmy G and then he kind of changed his mind, but even still if Jimmy G's gone, surely Devontae Adams follows at some point. I mean, he's at the end of his career, he's not gonna sit around and play with a a, a no name quarterback. So as far as fantasy goes, this team could be in a quick downward spiral as far as overall value for for their players, for players on a single team. Yeah, I think I'm a. I think Jimmy G is going to be there. I think Jimmy G is going to start. Um, you know, even if he's not ready to go right now, he is the best option at quarterback, unless they're just planning to completely blow this thing up. And I don't think. I mean, they could cut him for free. Yeah, uh, and then what are you going to do? Start Brian Hoyer? Um, you know, no idea. Get ready for the uh, Trey Lance rumors to be out there as well from San Francisco right. with everything going on, but. You know, something we'll monitor. I personally think Jimmy G is going to be the starter there, but we'll uh, continue to speculate about it through the summer. Yeah. But let's, uh, oh yeah, we will. Let's go ahead and dive into some of the dynasty rankings before we get into that. Taylor, tell me a little bit about your approach in dynasty. How far out are we looking with player evaluations, expectations when you're looking trades? Are you like focusing on this year and then you can? you know, move your roster around, pick up drafts, picks. Are you looking two, three years out? What is, what is kind of your ideal situation? Well, kind of when I first started playing dynasty several years ago, it was like, uh, let's go look at, look at all these old players that are falling on the draft boards. I'm going to scoop them up and win this year and then worry about rebuilding. And I definitely have some of those rebuilding teams right now. And it, uh, some of them have gotten pretty good, but some of them are just total blow ups. So that was kind of my original strategy where I'm at now is I really want to look at it, it no more. Sometimes I'll look at three years, but really it's this year and next year is my, is my big window because if I'm playing for three years from now, I mean, I've already lost. First of all, what are you going to, you, you can't predict what's going to happen in three years. People can be on different teams, injured rookies, so on, so forth. The this year, and the next year are going to be your most predictable and when you're, especially if you're playing a, a league for money, I even don't want to, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to compete in 2026. I'm just, I'm just purposely throwing away 
money for two years and and then i might have a chance of winning a third year or i could find myself back in the same exact spot with injuries or people don't pan out or what um so let's say if i'm if i'm in a startup draft really what i'm doing is drafting i'm drafting value but value in a sense of young players to keep me going throughout the next at least two years maybe a couple years but at the same time i'm taking some older veterans that also can be productive beyond this first year. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are kind of falling to that territory now that we can talk about later that I'm staying away from just because I'm really uncertain about what it's going to look like next year for them. And unless it's just a tremendous steal, I'm probably not going to put them on my team at all because come next year, it's just going to be dead weight and I can't do anything with them. They're not going to be productive for me. So it's just a, an empty roster spot, but it's a name you don't want to cut or trade for like a fourth round pick. So it's it's hard to move on. Uh, but really, I'm looking in that two-year window, and I can always keep a good eye on if I need to rebuild or trade for like a draft pick or trade one of those vets that I know, like a, like a Hopkins. I mean, he's probably got two good years left, including this year, depending on, you know, what if he goes to the Patriots, I'm probably all the way out on him. But a guy like that is a guy that's probably got two two pretty good years left of both will probably be in the top 24 um and I'm I'm going towards those guys and I'm staying away from other guys so two years is my is my window that I look at as far as dynasty and winning and building teams yeah I think I think that makes sense and I, I take a similar approach of you know like you said you, you can't really predict this stuff because let's say you had Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback and you got you had a couple first last year and happened to pick up a Garrett Wilson and a Lave and you were planning for next year and all of a sudden it's like your team takes off right and can compete it may be worth getting rid of some of those draft picks to bring on maybe some older players if you have a chance at a championship and vice versa mm-hmm. right let's say a couple of years ago, you yeah. had Christian McCaffrey and somebody, a, a big name quarterback, and those guys go down with injuries, right? Like it, it's not, it's not yeah. your, your year, and you can either plan to, okay, these guys will get healthy, play next year, or you can start to evaluate your roster of like, hey, maybe it's getting too old, and I need to kind of move off some of these guys and get younger. Um, but yeah, I agree yeah. with you. That kind of one or two year time frame, I think you can retool without completely tearing down and rebuilding if you make right. the right move. <clears throat> Yeah, and you can't discount the fact that the people you're playing with more often than not, at least half the league is not, they're not stupid. If you've got a team of old guys and they see you have a team of old guys, they're not going to offer you even market value for veteran players, even to a winning team, just because they know your entire team is old. They're going to try and make you take what they're giving you because they know that you're in a terrible spot and either you're going to take it or your team is going to be at the bottom of the dumpster with only your own pick. If you're lucky, if you haven't traded it in two years after where, you know, whatever spot you're currently at. So you just, you just have to be careful um, more often than not doing the all veteran approach or even the all rookie approach is not a good strategy. You got to have a good mix of both. Yeah. I think we're in a league together where I've got a a team with, Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott both on my team, just <laughs> waiting for them to sign. And yeah, that hurts. Let one of them go to Kansas City that and see, much, see how much I can get for one of them is, is basically my approach at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, exactly. cool. We talked approach, how many years out we're looking. Let's get into some of these rankings. So let's look first at quarterbacks. I think 
at the top, fairly chalk, and we talked a little bit about this already. I don't have too many disagreements with with where we are on quarterbacks, but we'll pick a couple things. You know, Patrick Mahomes, number one, Josh Allen, two, Jalen Hurts, three, followed by Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert in that order, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson might be an interesting one for people at number 10, Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray round mm-hmm. out. Uh, the QB ones, the top 12 there. Um, so you do have a rookie in Anthony Richardson. Talk to me a little bit about why he is ahead of, say, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. And is this more of a like, hey, we're just shooting for ceiling thing. And in startups, this is what you have to pay. Or is this what you think Anthony Richardson is really going to turn in? I, it's more so... I don't want I don't want to draft Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray really. And it's more of like an investment. I'm taking Anthony Richardson before those two and even the other rookie quarterbacks just because he's got I think he has the biggest possible return on investment. I think he's got the more immediate return on investment. I mean, if he comes out and looks like even a sliver of what Lamar Jackson looks like, or even like RG three guys like that, that just put on a, I mean, he's a guy that can put on a show like completely. Uh, he's going to be like Justin Fields and his 60 yard runs more than likely. So I want to take him before those guys, because I could potentially trade him for one of those guys. Plus a little extra, uh, especially a guy like Kyler Murray. Like, I mean, if you're, if you let Richardson ride for six games of the season, and you're looking at Kyler Murray, who's still sitting on the bench, but he's, what, 26, I think? 25, 26? There's a good chance if I've got Richardson and my team is doing okay, or even I've got a decent chance, but I also have a few other quarterbacks that I could get by on, I might try and trade Richardson to the Murray owner for Murray and maybe like a wide receiver or uh, a lower-tier running back or something that I could need for depth or that could help my team down the stretch. Um, And maybe I get burned because he's going to be the best quarterback ever, or... Maybe I made the right decision because he is like an RG3 and he comes out of the gates hot in his career and then something happens to him, whether it be injury, which you never want to hope for or root for, or it could be just he's a young guy and he doesn't pan out. So that's kind of when you take your shots on on the more veteran guys is once you kind of know what your team is looking like for that season and a better a better uh, sight of what you've got going for the next you know one, two years. So that's kind of why I have Richardson at 10. Um, really the only other guy that I feel like people would say something about in the top 12 for me is Justin Herbert kind of behind Lawrence and Burrow. I still see Herbert going before the two. And I don't know if it's because his name value or I don't know. Does he throw a better ball or what? I, I like Joe Burrow and I like Trevor Lawrence more than I, I want Justin Herbert on my team. He's got a couple older wide receivers. He's got an old running back. What's that offense going to look like in a year or two? Uh, as whereas Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence have a lot of younger assets that are kind of on the up and up. I mean, I don't know how much further Joe Burrow and the Bengals can go, but they're going to be at least up there for a while. So Trevor Lawrence has obviously showed last year that he can can be that league winner. And I even said that he wasn't going into last year. Uh, shout out to Ross. So I, I kind of debated him on that for a while in one of our group chats, but. Trevor Lawrence proved me wrong a little bit. So that's really the only one that I think people might uh, might have a quarrel with taking taking Herbert, you know, before Lawrence or maybe even before Burrow in drafts. But top three and then the guys behind Herbert, I, I feel like are pretty solid all the way through. 
everyone will have those on their rankings. Too. Yeah, yeah. To uh, touch on Richardson, like you said, it's a uh, Kyler is twenty five right now, but he'll be twenty six at the start of the season. So yeah. right there, Dak Prescott yeah. pushing thirty um, come this season. So right. yeah, older. Um, and again, I take your pick of really Herbert Lawrence. I do think Burrow might be in a little bit of a tier by himself behind those rushing guys, and you know Mahomes hurt now yeah. together. I think Definitely. Burrow's kind of by himself there right now. And then, yeah, take your pick of who you prefer with right. Herbert or Lawrence um, on that one. I'm I'm with you there. So let's talk then about, you know, 13 through 24. Let's touch on these QB2s. So we've got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, two rookies back-to-back there. Tua is 15, followed by Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. You have Trey Lance there at 19, which is an interesting one we can touch on. Uh, Jared Goff at 20, Geno 21, Kenny Pickett, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr kind of round out that top 24, you know, notable, let's say young names missing. Uh, we talk about Jordan Love right outside at 25, Mac Jones, 27, Will Levis is 30, Brock Purdy right in front of him at 29. Um, and then I think the rest of it is probably pretty straightforward. So let's, uh, let's first touch on those rookies, Young and Stroud. You've yeah. got them right outside QBs one uh, in Dynasty at 13 and 14. And then let's also talk Trey Lance because I think that one might be a little hot for people to look at with him at 19 right behind say a Russell Wilson and in front of guys like golf Gino and Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett. Yeah. The way I see that is most people probably have two right in front of those two, but I'm just, I'm just not a fan of the head injuries. I mean, realistically one more bad concussion and we're talking about potential retirement. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. So it worries me a little bit. He is young, but I'd rather take one of those two young guys in front of them. Um, I actually tried to trade two of four, I think two different leagues for a pick to get one of these guys straight up and neither of them did it. So that kind of told me everything I even needed to know that most people's opinions probably similar to that as well. They're scared of the injuries. Um, but I, I like those guys and I, I do have young in front of Stroud. I think young just has a better support cast off the off the rip to really jumpstart that career um but at the same time that means we're really going to see if bryce young has it or not first so you'll probably be burned on bryce young faster than cj stroud if they both go wrong um and then you kind of go down to trey lance really for me do i like it not really but do i also like picking jared golf gino smith kenny pickett also not really I, i i see really those three guys as they're the rest of their career, even though Kenny Pickett's is early, they're kind of moving season to season. Like you're telling me if Kenny Pickett doesn't have an awful year this year, that they're going to look for another option next year. He didn't have that good of a season last year. So those guys just worry me. Trey Lance is young. He did show that he could play well. He's been injured a lot. And I think he's going to come out as a starter uh, the first game this year. It sounds like he's going to be ready. So we'll really be able to see what he's like. And I kind of want that opportunity to, if he is the, if he turns out the way people say he is, he's going to immediately have more value than golf Smith Pickett, And then obviously those older guys come third game of the season. I mean, it's going to be immediate value boost for Trey Lance over all of those guys. And if you're taking golf and Smith and Pickett, I mean, you know, old guys like Rogers or Carr before, before Trey Lance, then uh, I, I feel like you're going to be, there's a better chance of you being burned than there is 
with you taking Trey Lance. So that's kind of why I've got him at 19 there behind, behind more productive guys like Wilson cousins, Daniel Jones. Those guys will be good for one, two, maybe three more years. At least they'll be more than serviceable. Uh, and that's really what you're looking for in your QB two. Interesting. I think it might be a hot take that you're uh, predicting Trey Lance to uh, start week one. Um, not, oh, not I, I think opinion, he is. Just, I mean, uh, you don't think Purdy's, Purdy's ready, not going to be ready. You don't think they'll give it to Darnold as the guy in that Shanahan system, just oh, quarterback. No, they've seen no, they've seen Darnold enough. It's the everybody's seen Darnold enough to know that he just doesn't have it. Uh, if they go to Darnold, I'll be completely shocked. I don't even think I ranked Darnold. I didn't. No, not He's not even in my top forty. Um, yeah, I. So that's yeah, just, it's, it's that that'd be it's embarrassing. That quarterback room that you kind of take a risk on right now. Um, of you know, if it does end up being. Purdy, right? Like he's probably the guy for good there and Lance is going to move on. But I do think that even if San Francisco moves on from Trey Lance, somebody else is going to give him a shot based on draft capital, really not seeing him play, right? Like there's not probably. definitive evidence that he is a bad quarterback, like say Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield right. or something like that, that has failed in multiple places that I think he'll get another mm-hmm. shot. So there could be some retained value there with Trey Lance. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, la- the last thing I'll mention probably is just post Jimmy G news. I've got him down at thirty-one. Um, just a little, little hesitant on him. I'd kind of rather take shots at guys like Jordan Love, even Desmond Ritter, maybe even Brock Purdy or Will Levis uh, over Jimmy G. Just to, I mean, if I've got a team that needs a quarterback and it's, you know, I've got an older team and I need a guy to play, I'll probably take Jimmy G over this guy. I mean, this list is it's a flowing list as your draft goes. I mean, you can't just Keep the, I mean, if you're drafting younger guys, you're going to have Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers or Kenny or Golf and Smith. I mean, obviously you will, but if you're playing to win, you're obviously going to have Rodgers, Carr, Smith, Golf over even guys like Lance, you know, Love, Mac Jones, Ritter, obviously. So keep that in mind too with all these rankings. It's flowing during your draft. Don't don't decide your own rankings and stick to it. You've got to go with how your team goes. Yeah, I'd say for Jordan goes. Love, just to briefly touch on him, I just I think his floor right now, right, is probably like a Mac Jones. Right? Like, we're talking floor. And Jordan Love is it's, a yeah. month younger than Mac. Like if just for dynasty people out there in drafts, like if you've got the choice there, I don't I don't think it's a difficult one. Um, I know we've got them kind of two places separated in the rankings here. Oh. Love ahead of Mac Jones, but don't ever think that. Just take the guy that probably has the higher ceiling that is pretty much the same. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Jordan Love over Mac Jones in every single draft, and it's not a homer take. It's literally just like you said. It's a it's a ceiling it's a ceiling pick. I mean, we've we've I yeah. think we've seen all of Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not going to show up next year and be a top 12 quarterback. It's it's never going to happen. I mean, he might, if there's injuries and he falls into it, maybe he'll finish 12th, but that's it. Or if you're in a 14 team league, you go, well, actually he's a QB one because he's 14th, you know, like yeah. that would be the only way you could say that. I, I think we, he's hit. He's really at yeah, close. I'm, I'm with you there. All right, let's talk uh, running backs. Then uh, again, yeah. thinking dynasty age factoring in. So I'll read off top 12. We'll talk about them a little bit. Jonathan Taylor at one, uh, Bijan there at two, Brees Hall three, followed by Afri Barkley, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard, Kenneth Walker ends up at eight, Josh Jacobs, nine, Austin Eckler, 10, and 
Najee Harris 11, rounding out the top 12, the RB1's Nick Chubb. So I think immediately people are going to jump to, like, Taylor, Bijan is not your RB1. What in the world is going on? So talk to me yeah. about why yeah. JT is above Bijan right now. I think the reason Taylor's there is because of my just inherent at least show me you know show me a down in the NFL right um i you could easily take Bijan one and i've seen it and taylor's been close behind if not the very next pick and even superflex i think Bijan's going to be good but at the same time i i i also think that taylor's going to bounce back especially with richardson i think it really opens things up i think they can start to do new things they'll have a new offense i think it could be really good for taylor um would I take Bijan in front of Taylor in a draft? Very well could. But if I'm putting it on paper, I think I have to put Taylor there. And then I have to put Bijan in front of Brees more so. I mean, basically, they're the same player right now. They're both very young. They've both hardly played any games. But with Brees coming off the injury, I give Bijan the edge. And then with CMC being a little older, he tells all of them and then so on and so forth. But I've got Bijan at two. I mean, he's obviously number one in every single format of rookie draft you're going to take, unless you maybe start like six quarterbacks in a five-person league. Then maybe you should probably take a quarterback. But Bijan's going to be top top two. He should be top two in every single rankings. And if you want to put him one, I'm fine with it. But I think for me personally, I've got to put Taylor first. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think I I still probably lean. Bijan right now I get the NFL thing um you know I, I guess the one thing I could stick to is like I know JT doesn't get a lot of targets I know we hear that Bijan is going to be a great pass catcher in the NFL but they're both in probably what's going to be run heavy offenses right I mean they're both going to get the ball a lot we know Atlanta runs the ball a lot and even when the running backs aren't running in Indy if it is Anthony Richardson that's also going to take kind of targets out of that offense um the other thing right. I want to talk about in kind of this top 12, I, I just want to kind of break down a few 25-ish year old running backs, right? Okay, so Travis Etienne, 24, but he'll be 25 this season. Right now, Josh Jacobs, mm. Ramondre Stevenson, and Najee Harris are all 25 years old, right? We don't have Ramondre in the top 12. Uh, we, he, is very, he is very close. Smart. But I guess talk to me about, we've got yes. Etienne at 6. Josh Jacobs at nine, Najee Harris at eleven. I'll spoil it. Ramondre Stevenson is back at fourteen. Um, so yeah. given that, what has ETN? And this is just my personal biases. Is it that year? Is it we think he's a better player? Why is he ahead of say those three other guys? I just still think he's a better player. Um, even what I said earlier when talking about the quarterbacks, I think the Jaguars team is actually ascending. Uh, whereas I think the Raiders is descending or staying neutral. Same with the Steelers. I mean, even Josh Jacobs doesn't have a contract for next year. So what's going to happen with him? Is he going to find that spot where he's got himself in a committee, whereas right now he doesn't? Um, Najee, for me, is pretty reliant still. Um, not as much as his first year, but on the on catches. So that is still sure to change. I mean, it did this past year, so it's sure to change some more again this year. So it's just a little bit more unpredictable for me. I, I think I just like ETN more as a player. 
Um, and then I wanted to, I wanted to put Ramondre Stevenson even lower because I just don't, I don't really like him as a player. Uh, I don't like him on the Patriots because they seemingly switch running backs every single season. So what's going to happen this year? Uh, I mean, I was all over Ramondre Stevenson season last year in the rookie. You can ask anybody in any of my league. I think I named a couple of my teams Steven season. Um, but I pretty much traded all my shares. I think I have him in one league, one remaining league. I just don't think he's going to like, can, can he get much better value wise? I don't think so. Um, so he's pretty much at his peak for me. So I, I don't think he can get up there. Najee Harris could probably get ahead of Eckler. He's almost at Eckler role ish, but not as good as Eckler. I mean, Eckler's obviously do we call him the best pass catching back in the league right now after the year he had last year? I mean, I feel like we have to, um, he's just much older than like a guy like CMC. Who's really the other prominent pass catching back over the past couple of years. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I like ETN better, um, than Harris, than Stevenson, than Jacob. So I, I've got to put him up there. Uh, I find myself taking him earlier or, offering more for him in a trade or wanting more back for him in a trade than I would the other guys who I all still have shares of. Yeah. And to answer that question, yeah, with 107 receptions last year for Eckler, like I get it. CMC has missed time previously with injuries, but that goes back to what CMC in 2018 had 107 CMC in 2019 had 116. And we just saw Eckler Mm -hmm. with 107 um, receptions on the year, not, not targets. We're talking actual receptions. Um, yeah. He is a, a little, little over a year older than than CMC, but right now, yeah, I'd probably call him mm-hmm. the best pass catching back. Um, when it comes to the yeah. running back, especially the touchdowns. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, what did what Eckler last year had eighteen? Year before had twenty. This is total touching. Yeah, sorry, rushing just plus receiving. Absurd. But yeah, just ridiculous numbers. Um, CMC got nineteen back in twenty nineteen. His his crazy year. Um, back to the twenty five year olds. Um, I, you know, I think Najee Harris's year last year was bad, right? Compared to where people were drafting him, compared to where people expected, and he fell in a lot of dynasty rankings. He still averaged 1.1 points more per game than Travis Etienne, um, and that's with the injury and I think with a lot of really bad efficiency. I can understand dropping Jacobs down a little bit lower just because of the uncertainty with contract. Like, where does he end up? Does anybody pay him? Like, mm-hmm. We've already seen that with a guy like Austin Eckler, right? What's the market right. going to be for Josh Jacobs in comparison? Um, and, and I am okay with yeah. Ramondre Stevenson being lower. Like you said, it, it seems like every single year, you know, New England just drafted two running backs last year, and we see them move off of Damian Harris, who a couple years ago was like the guy. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that's my name that came into my head. Mm-hmm. I just didn't say it. Yeah. Yeah. So then moving off Harris, like you said, they they draft rookies and then they let go of guys once they're off that rookie contract. So I can understand him being a little bit lower because, yeah, his future may be, you know, part of a committee back like Damian Mm -hmm. Harris now in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, let's run through these next 12. So we got Jameer Gibbs, second rookie off the board this year in the draft at 13. We talked about Ramondre Stevenson there at 14. J.K. Dobbins, 15. Javante, 16. Interesting with those two guys with the knee injuries. You have DeAndre Swift, 17, followed by Aaron Jones, Rashad White, Damian Pierce, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, and then rounding out the top 24, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, we got Gibbs pretty high. Um, I have my own opinions on on Gibbs. But 
I guess talk about Gibbs and then let's talk about maybe the stretch of like Dobbins, Javante and DeAndre Swift, yeah. um, especially with them being ahead of Aaron Jones. Um, I'm assuming that is age, but let's touch on Gibbs a little bit first and why he is just outside that top. Yeah, 12 I think line. Gibbs for me, is, uh, because skipping down to a guy that we might not touch on, but down I've got at 27, David Montgomery is a, as an early, early RB three. Love it. I, I could I could rank him high like I could put him in the RB two range above of like number twenty three Cam Akers just because I think he's going to do that well so I just don't know if Gibbs can really overcome David Montgomery David Montgomery has been I mean great is the word I'd say over his career he's been very solid uh, over two hundred carries every season he's probably going to do it again barring injury. Um, and he's just always been a solid back. Uh, I think he's had a little bit of some fumble issues in spurts, which is worrisome. Um, I know he has a couple times, which is why it's kind of maybe took him off the field or made people question kind of where he's at. But I, I just think that that backfield is going to be a little too muddy. I mean, they're definitely not going to give the goal line work to Gibbs. So the touchdowns are going to have to come from big plays. Um, I could, I could that range from Gibbs even down to Aaron Jones at 18. So that crop of seven guys, I feel like I could, you could jumble, you could put them in a hat and draw the names out and put them in that order. And I'd probably say, okay, yeah, that works too. It's hard to rank them for me. I like Dobbins. I've gone from not liking Dobbins to liking Dobbins to not liking Dobbins because he got injured and now the reports have been pretty decent and now I'm back liking Dobbins. So I like him more than Williams who got injured and is kind of in the same boat. Swift probably will get injured. Again, you can't bank on it, but being in Philly with Jalen hurts now, it's, it's a little tough to give him all that work. Maybe it means he's going to be more explosive and be able to not take the beating. And maybe he has a couple more explosive plays. That could be a possibility. Um, and then Aaron Jones, I feel like on paper, I have to rank behind all of them, like you said, just because of age, even though of the RB2s, I mean, t- not really counting Derrick Henry because he's always got a chance to get up there. But Aaron Jones and obviously Derrick Henry have the best chance to finish this year inside the top 10 uh, out of all these guys, I think. Ramondre Stevenson will be a candidate as well. And DeAndre Swift, if he can stay healthy, is always a candidate, but that hasn't really shown true yet. So. It's it's hard for me. I could put all those guys at tw- at thirteen, or I can put them all at eighteen. Um, it, it just kind of depends. It's gonna that RB two range is gonna change a lot once the season hits. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there. I and I'm I'm a lot higher on J.K. Dobbins this year. I think this with the knee injury is probably going to be Javante's J.K. Dobbins year, if that makes sense. Just a a year where yes, he may produce, and yes, he may produce later in the season, but don't expect too much from him right now. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I've been burned by DeAndre Swift so many times in my life. It's hard to go yeah. back to that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to remove Derrick Henry and Damian Pierce from this statement but because they're at 20 and 21. But from 19 with Rashad White down to, let's call it like number 30 where we have James Cook. I know I'm getting outside top 24, mm-hmm. but that includes, yep. you know, the Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Pacheco. We've got Nixon, yep. Montgomery, A.J. Dillon in there. Um, not a big fan of uh, A-Chain, but James Cook, Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, kind of all through that stretch. Like, 
I usually sit back and wait for that stretch in dynasty startups right now because I can get 23, 24, 25 year old running backs in that area that are going to be on good offenses. Like you said, David Montgomery, from his rookie year in 2019, rookie year was RB32. The following year, RB6. Following year, RB12. This is points per game, right? Not including injuries. Um, And then last year, beautiful. Last year went RB27, right? So. You know, we've got him pretty much sitting right there at that point um, of RB27 in your ranking. So, and that's, to me, I think even with Gibbs, maybe the floor for him this coming year, um, because I think they're going to split. But like you said, he's a better Jamal Williams. I don't think he's going to score a million touchdowns this year. But if he even gets a percentage of that, uh, he's going to have a really good year. Nobody nobody can repeat that. I mean, unless you're looking at Garrett Blunt on the Patriots. I mean. I, what he had almost double or Derrick Henry, which is a, an anomaly. I mean, he's just Correct. a freak. Correct. Um, you know, I think it, guys, I, I, I'm not as high on Damian Pierce right now. Um, again, I think being a Me neither. three draft pick, like, and they're still rebuilding. I think as they get better, they're going to look for a better running back. I think Devin Singletary is going to take more in Houston than people expect. Damian Pierce last year was a volume play, which was great. It worked out with people. There was no yep. one else in the backfield. As much as I'm not a Devin Singletary fan, I don't think he's a great running back, but I think he's going to take away from Pierce. But yeah, that stretch of Rashad White, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Isaiah Pacheco, I'll skip Dalvin Cook probably, but Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, James Cook, Andre Miller. I, I, I love that stretch of running backs in Dynasty that will just give you consistent RB2 performances. Yeah, I think Well, this will make you happy then. I'm in a 16-team 16, 16 league draft right now, single quarterback, and I uh, double-tapped running backs in the 6th and the 12th and the 7th round. Sorry, so my back-to-back picks. You know who I've got as my RB1 and RB2? Let's see. I am going to go... Take a guess at two here. In your range. In your range, you just said. In that range, I'm... Yep. Are you? I don't know if you're a James Cook Bills guy. Um, I'm gonna go Pacheco. Did you go Pacheco? Yeah, in Kansas there's City? one. Who's the other one? All right, I gotta get the other one. I think you um, should. Was I wrong? You were wrong what? on James Cook. I'll give you that. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, you just talked up David Montgomery, but I'm gonna bank on you being a homer and going with it. It's Dillon. David Montgomery. And I feel so good about it. I feel so good about getting those two. And the rest of my team is pretty much just, I feel like studs at quarterback, two wide receiver, two flex and a decent tight end. So, but yeah, I, I would rather Damian Pierce is ranked there because he has to be currently. Um, And that's the, really the only reason Would I rather wait and take Pacheco Montgomery, Dylan, Shoot, even Dalvin Cook right now, absolutely. Uh, Damian Pierce in this draft went in the middle of the fifth round behind uh, guys like Dobbins, Aaron Jones, even Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders. And then following him, turned to Rashad White, AJ, Jane, Charbonnet, Cook. Then I took my guys, Cam Akers, went after him. So I would much rather take those guys after him than uh, than, yeah, than just, taking just Pierce wait, a, a round earlier. So I think, I think last year I called James Robinson – uh, the next uh, Peyton Lindsay, okay, right? Sure. And I, I kind of got some, I kind of kind of got some flack for that, uh, which ended up actually being just completely yep. right after those first few games when he was totally really good. Um, I was, I didn't I, own him a single I, second I, on anywhere redraft. I, I don't, I don't. I'm gonna say that Damian Pierce in 2024 to start the season is not the starting. No, running back. it's gonna be Devin Singletary, without a doubt. <laughs> Twenty four. 2024, Singletary <laughs> might be retired. He's, uh, he's getting a little beat up. Um, I, I just, 
I, I just no. don't see it with a day three pick. Well, let's let's just look yeah. real quick before we go to wide receivers. Uh, let's look at some of these rookies, right? So at 29, we've got A-Chain. 31, we've got Charbonnet. 33, Kendra Miller. 36, 37, back-to-back, we've got yep. Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby. There are others farther down. But um, let's just touch on kind of where you have these guys ranked. And is this situational, like short-term? Or do we see one of these guys just being No, I mean, so outside of – Obviously, you can see it, right? I mean, we're looking at the sheet. There's a big gap between Gibbs and where A-Chain is, right? And it's within good reason. I mean, there there should yes. be a big gap between those two, and there is in the rookie drafts. Um, once you get past kind of the consensus top two, top three, whatever it might be in a season where there's a couple good rookie running backs that are going, any running back after that is really situational for me. Uh, Devin A-Chain, I, I feel like, has the better chance to take over the running the the RB room completely, um, just in a talent sense. I mean, eventually, it's not going to happen this year, just because those two guys are there. Um, even though they're probably going to get injured, he's going to get chances to show what he can do, and he's going to have to capitalize on them. But then you got Charbonnet, who I think will be stuck behind Walker a little bit, as he should. Kendry Miller has got a couple guys to go through. Jamal Williams is going to get tons of playing time. Alvin Kamara will come back eventually. And it, like we mentioned last time, even Taysom Hill is going to get snaps at running back. So it's going to be a little bit harder. Um, and then you got guys that are just going to have to find it within themselves to get time on the field. Roshan Johnson on the Bears. Tank Big could be on the Jaguars. Uh, and then even down to Tajay Spears behind the best running back in the last couple of years. So... It's going to be hard for those guys. It really is situational. I, I'm drafting these running backs to who I who I think is going to get on the field the most and when when can I almost trade them immediately. Um, if I'm taking them late or early second uh, or even in the third with some of these guys, I'm looking for how can I capitalize on value to make my team better within the next year or two. Maybe these guys pan out in two to three years and have a good two, three-year run, but they just don't seem like the type of guys that are going to take over a league or turn into any of these guys just yet. I mean, there's no real signs of them turning into the next world beater at running back. So if I can capitalize, I'm going to. Yeah, I think the the two that I could easily see flipping pretty nicely would be, say, A-Chain or Bigsby, right? Like, if injuries happen yeah. in those backfields, I think those are guys I'd probably flip pretty quick. Um, Charbonnet, you know, we know he's blocked by Ken Walker, right? Already a young running yeah. back um, drafted uh, last year. So mm-hmm. I, I personally think that if you're going to draft one to, like, draft and hold and try to get the most out of for a career, it may be Kendra Miller and Roshan Johnson. But just right. because the question marks in front of them in the backfield of – you know, is Kamara going to be there long term? Is there a suspension coming? Paul Williams is a guy that fell into the end zone a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And then in Chicago, it's Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman, right? And yeah. the Bears could easily move on from e- any of them, and Roshan could be the guy in that offense. So those are the two that if you want to draft one to hold and just have on taxi for a little bit and see how it shakes out cool, I think as soon as Bigsby or A-Chain get their shot, you, I'm, I'm flipping those guys for, yep, for picks. for sure. Absolutely. Um, yep. All right, well, let's get into wide receivers. We'll run through these pretty quickly. I don't have too many disagreements with you here, but let's uh, let's just run through top 12. So Justin Jefferson, yep. one, Jamar Chase, two. Then it goes pretty straightforward. CeeDee Lamb, three, followed by A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, 
Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, uh, so some older guys in there. Then you get the young guns, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Cooper Cup rounds out the top 12. Um, I don't think we really need to discuss those top four with Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Brown. Nah. Take your pick of the top two. Flip the other two if you really feel like it. I don't think it's a huge deal. Pick the guy you want more. Unless DeAndre Hopkins lands in Dallas and then maybe A.J. Brown over C.D. Lamb. But did have some beef with you of Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, all being ahead of Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ra, Cooper Cup down at 12. Um, I have no issue with Diggs, Hill, and uh, Adams being ahead of the young guys necessarily, but I think if they're ahead, I would also place Cooper Cup ahead of the young guys. Um, just those four older guys together in a group, but if some people are playing for you know two years out in the future, I wouldn't mind even making those two separate tiers of like, you've got your young guys, Wilson, Olave, Waddle, Amon Ra, if you want to take them ahead of Adams, Diggs, Hill, and Cup, cool. But I'd probably keep those four old guys and the four younger guys grouped together. So what is a, what's your defense for Cooper Cup at 12 compared to Tyreek, Diggs, and Adams? Yeah, I was literally just going to say, if you want to have realistically the best chance of winning this year, probably next year, you're going to take those three guys first in that order. I think if you want to try and play the longer game, probably have a good chance of winning this year and next year. And maybe the year after that, or the year after that, depending on maybe who you pick in the first round, because you're probably going to grab these guys early second, late second, you know, somewhere in the second, all these guys will probably be gone. You can just flip flop them. So obviously I've got, you know, I'd take Wilson, Olave, Waddle, Brown first if I want to get a little younger, but I'd take those three guys first if I want to be, <clears throat> you know, more geared towards winning. Um, but as far as Cooper Cup being behind all those guys, uh, I think with coming off the injury, Stafford being old, as far as next year goes, it's a little more blurry than the rest of these guys. It could it could become blurry for Devontae Adams uh, or a Tyree Kill if Dua stops playing football. Um, but I think I would still take those, what's that, seven guys before Cooper Cup. I think it's all super close. We were talking before the show. They're all, you could put them all in the same tier or you can break them up into age group tier and put one ahead of the other. But I think it, realistically, they're all in the same tier. Um, and Cooper Cup is probably last on that tier for me. But it's all so, so close. Um, I just, I mean, I didn't get Cooper Cup when he blew up. You couldn't trade for him, obviously, because his value was too high and you had to give up your whole team. And then I just don't really want him now because people still want a whole lot. And you still kind of got to draft him early. Um, in this draft I'm in right now, let's see if I can find him. So he went, he went, wow, he actually went after guys like Higgins and Devontae Smith, which is surprising. Uh, and I took Adams right after I took Cooper Cup because he fell so far. So I kind of turned it into more of a competing team. Um, but that's just kind of, I mean, a couple probably always go last after all those guys is what I've been seeing. So that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm just kind of following the trends, even as you see people build into vet players you see people build young players cooper cup is always last out of those guys at least this year so far for me it was what from what i've seen yeah speaking of leagues you know we were in a, a recent startup this summer and i took amon Ra in the second round after i took cd lamb in the first mm -hmm. 
And then, so I was like, you know, build for the future, whatever it was. And this is a 14-team uh, league. And then all of a sudden, Cooper Cup started falling to what mm-hmm. I get him at, 405 in the startup. Again, 14 teams. Let's so, see. Yeah, 405. Um, so, I, you know, I'm happy with the young guys, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra. And then if I can grab Cooper Cup in the fourth round, like, sure, I'll compete now and then have C.D. and Amon Ra. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that every, every draft. Uh, and let's see, uh, you'll you'll love this too. I, I don't know why you didn't end up in this this team with this team in this league. My running backs on that team, who I got after all of those picks, oh, yeah, I'm David at Montgomery it. and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. that was a uh, you know we talked about some of those running backs and then the wide receivers. Like, hey, why not why not get a few of these guys um, while you can? Now to yeah, be fair, I'll... we won't talk about my quarterbacks in that super flex league, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's all right. Everything else, I I went up for all those other guys. Um, hey. All right, so you did mention T. Higgins. He sits here at 13. Running down the list is Drake London, D.K. Metcalf, Michael Pittman, Devontae Smith, Brandon Ayuk. We see our first rookie on the board with JSN at 19, followed by Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, and D.J. Moore rounds out the top 24. So your wide receiver twos. Um, I I don't know what to pick with here. I mean, like... I. I think from that T Higgins down to Brandon Ayuk, maybe it's like, take your pick. I could see Brandon yeah. Ayuk being the number one um, in San Francisco in the future. T Higgins, obviously right now is a number two. We'll see what happens in the future. As far as contracts go, Drake London, super talented young, but in a run first offense, DK got a lot of competition here with Lockett and JSN um, Devonte Smith and a run heavy offense back behind AJ Brown. And then, you know, I'm fine with Michael Pittman at 16, partially because that's tied to the fact that you have Anthony Richardson at 10, right? If you had Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson as a QB2, I probably couldn't justify Yeah, no. But with that ranking, I get it. And then behind JSN kind of as the line of demarcation there, you get into some of these vets, right? Godwin. Yeah, that's a big, you know, that's like, a big tier awesome. break. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that makes sense. There are question marks at quarterback for Godwin, McLaurin, Samuel. I think Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore, their questions at quarterback, um, mm-hmm. more DJ Moore, not the talent of the quarterback, but the fact that he's going to take off and run more often than not. Um, yeah. so I don't have an issue with your uh, wide receiver twos there. Anybody there you felt was maybe a little hotter than what I, I think have. I could probably, I think Jason could be a little bit low. The, initial return on him does scare me a little bit, like you said, with Metcalf and Lockett there. And then who's going to be throwing the ball to him in a year or two? Um, It's just a little... I don't know. I don't want... I would rather have a young guy like Smith, like Pittman, like Ayuk, like Metcalf, T. Higgins, Drake London, than I would JSN. Uh, Again, if my team is young and I get to that, point where he's still on the board i'll probably take him ahead of some of those guys like metcalf probably or Pittman probably i don't know if i could take or i you probably i don't know if i could take him above london or higgins or smith in any situation um but he could certainly has room he certainly has room to move up a couple spots but then there's that big tier break right behind him where you've got some guys that are productive nearing that h30 range godwin mclaurin samuel even Deontay johnson dj moore um DJ Moore's younger, but he's still kind of in that productivity role, and it's tough to get him higher with moving to Justin Fields. I think he probably bumped down. I feel like I would 
have him above Deontay Johnson if he stayed with Bryce Young, to be honest, maybe even above Debo, but Justin Fields worries me. Um, but like you said, top half, pretty chalk, even bottom half, pretty chalk. Really, those are two different tiers. Uh, it kind of splits right in half. Take your pick for either tier. Who do you like? Who do you have on your team already? Which direction are you going? And you can kind of sift between that wide receiver two range how you'd please. Yeah, I think in the next year or two, as we see maybe Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup kind of age out of this wide receiver one range in Dynasty, you're going to yeah. start looking to, especially maybe if T. Higgins moves to a different team and becomes the guy, depending on how that goes for him. But you've got that list of Higgins, London, Metcalf, Pittman, Devontae Smith, Brandon Ayuk, and even JSN, right? That there are some guys there that could move into that wide receiver one conversation. Absolutely. Not the wide receiver one, but a wide receiver one. Yeah, absolutely. One. E- very um, easily. And then really quickly, cause just because most leagues will go out sometimes to three wide receivers or also having that flex, we see a lot of wide receivers mm-hmm. on rosters. So, you know, we've got guys like Jamison Williams, Christian Watson at 25 and 26, two rookies at 27 and 28, Addison and Flowers. Uh, and then we've got a group of guys here, Amari Cooper, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy, Marquise Brown, George Pickens, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and Calvin Ridley rounding out the top 36. Any of those guys in that list really from 25 down that you could see making a move to wide receiver one area, let's call it 12-ish through maybe 14, heading into next year when we start having conversations again. If you had to pick one of those guys. And if I'm picking just one. I'll I'll let you go two or two, but give me one first that you feel better about. Can I take the two easiest and closest ones and say Jamison Williams and Christian Watson at – 25 and 26. Um, that's a, that's a yeah, out, but yes. really it's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just mind. because Jamison, I mean, we still haven't seen it really, right? Like he's gone for six games again. Essentially week seven is like, I'm looking at it as the start of his rookie season. It's, it's like, uh, it's like the slate is clean, right? I mean, essentially he's going to have no experience. That's really how I'm looking at it. And then Christian Watson's value is going to move with Jordan Love. Christian Watson, 26. Jordan Love, 25th ranked quarterback, a quarterback three. Christian Watson, a wide receiver three. If Jordan Love is even a little bit more decent than he is currently looked in the small amount of games he's played or even the coach talk or the player talk or the general consensus, then Christian Watson is going to move up there with him. He could easily jump the entire second half of the wide receiver twos and get into the top 20 this time next year when we're talking about it around training camp, just based off the season that him and Love could have. I mean, you've got some older guys, so it could easily get up there. Um, But yeah, those are the two guys I'd say. If I'm picking one, it's probably Jameson, um, just because of the hype around him. Uh, And then if I'm going down and if I'm getting a little bit deeper about it, I think it would be it would be easy for me to say George Pickens or even Jahan Dotson, uh, who's just a little bit outside that wide receiver three range. So those are probably the guys I'm looking at the most here as far as future value. Yeah, like you said, I think I think Watson's probably the the obvious one for me. Uh, just now being the alpha in that offense, if Jordan Love comes along, um, I think yeah. he really. Well, if you want to call it alpha, I think Christian Watson is. It's, that, he's more like in, in that. Offense. It's like he's an alpha and a he's an alpha in a beta role. Let's be honest. I it's Jordan Love right now. 
think he needs to be the alpha in that offense. No, he will be, but I'm just saying, if it was Aaron Rodgers again, he'd be probably he'd be probably 20 above all those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the other one I'm going to reach down for, which our league I'm sure will love, is going to be Christian Kirk, actually. Um, I'm Great guy. Not super, love Christian Kirk. Not super high on Calvin Ridley. Really? But, you oh. know, coming off of basically two years not playing, um, we saw him as the secondary option to Julio when he stepped in as the primary guy, like it was... Yes, it was good, but he was the only guy out there along with Alameda Ezekias. And then if I told you that in the last three games that Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence played together, Christian Kirk was wide receiver six, wide receiver six, wide receiver two. Amazing. Right. So he finished points per game last year, wide receiver 18 at 14.2. But to start the year, he had games where he was wide receiver 46, wide receiver 93, wide receiver 35. And then you saw them really start to click as the season went on. And I think if we're going to tie somebody to an ascending quarterback here and a wide receiver that is still young, um, you know, being just 20, 26 right now, um, that's the one on that list I'm going to pick out because who he's tied to and what we saw to end the year last year. And again, I'm just not as high on Calvin Ridley as say maybe others are for you know, almost a 29-year-old nope. receiver who's coming off and not playing football for basically October two months. 2021, last yeah. time you played football. Yeah. So, so I, I'm right there with Kirk, you. Kirk could jump up there. Yeah, that's, um, that's the only reason I highlighted them, not because of myself, but because other people are going to take him higher. I mean, I got offered uh, Calvin Ridley for a first and a second the other day. I said, are you crazy? He goes, somebody will take him. And I said, yes, yeah, somebody will, not me. I'm taking a first and the second every day of the week there. Um, well, we'll have these rankings up on our website so you guys can look at 37 through 90 at wide receiver. But let's uh, jump to tight ends here. So Ew. really quickly, we'll run through top 12 and then maybe pick out some guys later here. But Kyle Pitts at one, Travis Kelsey two, TJ Hawkinson three, Mark Andrews four, followed by Goddard, Kittle, Fryermuth, Njoku, Dulcich, Dalton Kincaid, first rookie there at number 10. Evan Ingram and Jig Okonkwo rounds out the top 12. Yeah, that's actually the um, end of all the tight ends, believe it or not, right there. 12. Oh, yes. Yeah, Let's that's all of them. One of those 12 right yeah. there. Um, yeah. I'll go 14 league team and add in Michael Mayer and Sam Laporta, but we'll get to that yeah. in a second. Um, all right. Talk to me about the top four. Um, I, got, I got bones to pick here with. Um, I mean, I get Pitts at one just because of age. I don't like the offense, but I get it. Kelsey's older. Um, but talk to me specifically about Hawkinson and Andrews and why you have them three and four in that order. I just, I think I'm weighing age? heavily. Mm, it's, it's age and it's weighing into what we saw Hawkinson do last year when we got, uh, I mean, granted, we went from golf to Cousins, who in the NFL scheme of things, is it an up? probably but as far as producing for fantasy uh, historically it, it was a lot better for Hawkinson and we immediately saw what he could do I think he finished second right um, he was just unbelievable I mean it, it seemed like he was always open and he was he didn't get injured um, and I think he just had a better year I think Hawkinson is or Mark Andrews is more seemingly more tied to quarterback play than Hawkinson is. Um, I don't know if that's me calling Hawkinson the better player because I think they're both really, really, really good players. But 
what we've seen so far is that when I mean Lamar Jackson only throws to Mark Andrews, really. Let's be real. And Hawkinson has caught passes from golf and Kirk Cousins and has only gotten better. And Mark Andrews has really been stagnant. Maybe it's also because I got burned on Andrews last year calling him my MVP. He was going to be on the most uh most championship teams and he probably wasn't. So maybe I'm a little a little hurt, but uh it's probably that. It's age, it's what happened last year. I think I'm drafting Hawkinson in front of Mark Andrews, uh, especially in PPR leagues and especially in tight end premium leagues. Hawkinson will certainly, most certainly have more receptions than Mark Andrews, but Andrews will keep up with the touchdowns. Yeah, it's it's tough because I I get the age piece, right? Like I think he's about a year and a half younger. Um, I think I'm just going to fall back on, you know, Andrews last Four years again. I'm going per game because I'm not going to try to predict injuries, right? Um, but tight end five four one three again. Hawkinson no slouch seven seven four. Um, as no. I'm excluding their rookie season, right? We're going to throw out tight end rookie years, which is also yeah, reason to good. maybe not jump all aboard, at least not in redraft or best ball right now. For say a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who you have at ten there, um, we did kind of touch on this, but. Give me an idea of how you feel about Dalton Kincaid with Dawson Knox there um, in Buffalo because Dawson Knox did just get paid. Yeah. Do you think they're going to move off of Dawson Knox? Do you think all this hype about Kincaid being a wide receiver threat and lining up outside is legitimate? Because um, it's just interesting how that looks with two tight ends um, and then having the younger one without the big contract that high. Um, and I understand draft capital, yeah. but tell me how you feel about that long term. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I don't know why you pay a guy like Knox, who has not been a world beater, and then bring in Dalton Kincaid with the kind of pedigree that he's got at tight end position. Um, I think you just, above a guy like Evan Ingram or Okonkwo and the other rookies, and then you really just get into the older guys or the projects, He's got to be drafted in the top 10, but I've got him behind the other young guys, Fryermuth, Njoku, Dolchich, who I really love. Um, it's almost like there's a, he's in a gap of his own. There's a gap between him and Dolchich. There's a gap between him and Evan Ingram for me, strictly because of age. Uh, and then with Okonkwo, because who knows what's going on in Tennessee. There, he's just in his own space right now, and he's got a lot of room to go up. He's got a lot of room to go down, uh, and it, it, we're going to have to see over the next year or two with where he goes. I think if Knox gets out of there after this year somehow, it'll obviously be, be better for him. But as of right now, I think the talent could win out, but we even don't see that too much at the tight end position because there's really not a lot of talent all the time in one tight end room on a given NFL team. So it's tough. So this could be the first, I mean, tight end battle we've seen in a while. I mean, maybe Goddard and Ertz was the last one. And that was what, like four or five years ago now. And then Goddard, you know, got onto the, got the lead spot and they sent Ertz out. So it could be the same thing. I think uh, it could be a similar path for Kincaid a year or two from now. He could be the number one there and he could still be tied to Josh Allen and you're going to have to take him at 10 if you're going to want to have him on your team. Okay, yeah. I, I may be sold on Dalton Kincaid just with that reference of the Ertz and Goddard. Yeah. And as the other guy... Because they, they paid Ertz, too. Athleticism. And Goddard was there, so... Yep, you move to the younger... 
move to the younger guy and it's you know we look at where goddard is tied to jalen hurts like yeah sure i'll take that guy so i can i can see that with right. kincaid being with how athletic he was how productive mm-hmm. he was in college yeah tie him to josh allen yeah. all right cool but, i'm, I'm but sold. learning I'm sold. from dawson um, knox though yeah, i don't know yeah we'll, we'll see uh, just outperforming yeah. dawson knox maybe knox is um, learning i think so I'm going to pick one guy like Dalton Schultz, not super high on. Like I get that he had the production in and he's down at 16 here in our ranking. So we don't have him super high, but not somebody I'm super excited to draft anywhere. If at all, a 27 year old tight end, that's not super athletic um, in my opinion. But outside of that, um, you know, I, I'm pretty comfortable with where everybody stands yep. in this. I guess if you had to look down similar to what we just did with, you know, the wide receivers, if you had to look down the board and be like, hey, for the next two years or so, maybe three years, this guy can give me exactly what I need until, you know, Dalton Kincaid or Sam Laporta or Michael Mayer are the guy on my roster at tight end. Give me a name, maybe two if you've got one, of some of these guys that we have down in. I think it's, that tight I think it's end Cole Komet easily for me. Right? He's already shown that he can be a pretty productive player, even with Justin Fields every year. Um in a perfect we- in a perfect world, Fields is always getting better. I mean, he was tight end seven last year in uh, in this format with seven touchdowns. So, if he's getting me seven touchdowns again, then sign me up. I mean, if I'm taking him, which most people are, that late in the draft, as there is the league's tight end, typically it's you know he's going after the Kincaids, the Frymus, the Ingrams. Uh, in this draft, he went after. He went after Darren Waller in this draft. Uh, I will take that all day, every day. Um, if I can have the tight ends or even take him as that tight end two and finishes as an easily as a tight end one, uh, yes, I will take that. And I think Cole Komet has the best chance to use this year again to finish in the top 12 and then will be started, started to be drafted as a tight end one for the years to follow. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I do. I like Waller, but when you got a 30-year-old tight end, right, it, it just becomes questionable. Um, I do think Jawan Johnson could be pretty good in New Orleans um, with Derek Carr there, and we've seen some of the success, right, tied to. I know it was Darren Waller, this yeah. is Jawan Johnson, different conversation, but he's going to throw the ball to a tight end um, in situations. You know, and finally, down at 28, I'm ready to be hurt again. Um Irv, Irv Smith Never Jr., like 20, 24-year-old tight end, pretty athletic guy. He is now in the Joe Burrow offense. Yeah. You know, if he was somewhere else, if he was in Carolina like Hayden Hurst, if he was maybe even like last year right in Minnesota, I wouldn't be as high on him. But being in Cincinnati, tied to Joe Burrow, um, I, you know, I, I can't go wrong with a pass catcher tied to Joe Burrow. And I guess if it's a guy I've liked in the past and got hurt on, I'm, I'm just going to go back. Yeah, to the well I think, with, uh, in our recap league this year, you have to draft Swift and Irv Smith. Uh, I don't make the rules, but. Oh, I, I, the guys yeah. that just kill me, what I've got to draft acres and mm-hmm. Swift. I yep. need to go Mike Williams. I've got to go yep. Irv Smith. Just whoever has hurt me in the past and just I've been high on that killed me. Yeah. Um, no, you at least this to. year I have a Kyler um, Murray injury as my excuse to not. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if we're looking down there, I'm taking guys. <laughs> like, it, it's easier in best ball to look at it this way, but even still, if you're taking late shots at tight ends that could 
gain value and you're getting value at other positions. Juwan Johnson, Irv Smith, Kate Otten, uh, Hayden Hurst. Um, and then I'm even looking up at uh, Jelani Woods, who I liked. He's who's just a a big body tight end, and the tight ends there always seem to catch touchdowns. And who knows, the touch the uh, tight end spot could get even better with Richardson here. So if I think Richardson's going to be good and I think the offense is going to be good, I'm probably going to have a few Jelani Woods shares, which I do. So I, I like Jelani Woods as well, kind of fitting into the end of that tight end two spot, uh, just to name a couple more guys, as guys who I think are going to probably gain a little bit of value this season based on what their roles currently look like. Yeah, I think Jelani, yeah. he's 24 years old. Irv Smith is 24 years old. Um, you know, the same age as yep. Cole Komet, basically, right, at 24. So if you're going to look for guys like, if you're going to pay up for Chigo Conquo, um, 23 years old right now, but, you know, in run-heavy offense with Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback, why not take one of these guys like Irv Smith tied to Joe Burrow um, or, like you said, Jelani Woods, only 24 just with the upside, the athleticism, and if Anthony Richardson is yeah. what he could be, then Jelani is going to benefit. From I, I would rather take well. Jelani Woods but, over a right, guy like Terry. Darren Waller, and I can get Jelani Woods five rounds later, and nobody's thinking about Jelani Woods in your draft. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, and we've seen in that offense, even Jelani last year, right? Like, uh, who was it? Kylan Granson yeah, had a two-touchdown game. Jelani decent. Woods had a yeah, two-touchdown game. So. Yeah, so you've you've got a chance at upside, especially if say Jelani becomes the guy at tight end yeah. there. Um, now yeah. that he is, yeah. Sorry, he just had one, but a still. little bit more. Yep. Two touchdown game, tight end. I mean, there were plenty of tight ends. What? Who was it? Cole right. Komet, the previous yeah, exactly. year, had zero. Now he had seven receptions the entire year. Jelani mm-hmm. Woods had two two in a game. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it. But Taylor, that is it for the dynasty rankings. Again, these will be up on qcfantasy.com going into the season. So you can reference them, look at them as you are drafting anything else. You no, I mean, leave the people stick with to, stick to your plan. Um, don't stick to your rankings, stick to your plan. If you want to go into young, go in young, trade your draft picks, do what you've got to do to make smart picks at young players. You're not going to have to reach mostly for young players. So even as you're going down the draft, don't feel like, oh, I've got to take such and such player around early because he's young and I need him now. Explore trade options. Uh, Don't let your league mates yell at you because you're taking up too much time. As long as you're not wasting time on the clock and you're looking to make moves, then, then try and trade down if you're looking to get younger. So the best team you can make if you're trying to build a young team is to trade down and acquire picks. So that's my, that's my advice. All right. You heard it here. Listen to Taylor succeed in these drafts, given the information we just gave you and uh, QC fantasy. We'll be All back right. in your we'll feed see y'all later. next week. Peace.